Welcome to The Athletics of Business, a podcast about how the traits and behaviors of elite athletes and remarkable business leaders frequently intersect. The real stories and hard lessons to help you level up your leadership and performance. Now your host, Ed Molitor. Welcome back to another episode of The Athletics of Business podcast. I am your host and CEO of the Molitor Group, Ed Molitor. You are going to absolutely love this episode. Justin unbelievably interesting guest, Robert Rayola, director of the Sports and Entertainment Group at PKF O'Connor Davies. Robert has over 20 years of sophisticated tax experience in both the public and private sector. Now, what he does is he provides tax planning strategies and business consulting to high net worth individuals and their families in the sports and entertainment field. Robert is widely known as a sports tax man and has a following of approximately 50,000 on Twitter, where there's a lively exchange of various sports, entertainment, and tax topics. Really cool stuff. And I I believe the last time I looked, which was yesterday, he is north of 56,000 or 57,000 followers on Twitter. Also, Robert is a contributing writer for Sports Illustrated and appears frequently on ESPN SportsCenter, Fox Business News, Sirius XM, NFL Drive, and a variety of national radio and talk show programs. He co-authored a book, Winning Tax Strategies for Athletes and Entertainers, and has lectured nationally on the topic. In honor of his remarkable presence in the sports industry, this is really cool, Robert was featured in the 2016 Tops Allen and Ginter Baseball Card Collection, and we, we jump into that story and have a lot of fun with that in this episode. In addition, Robert was a founding trustee of the Chatham Athletic Foundation, an organization based in Chatham, New Jersey which focuses on promoting youth athletics and safety in athletics through public education programs. In June of 2011, Robert received the Chatham JC's Distinguished Services Award for his work with the Chatham Athletic Foundation. Robert, thank you so much for joining us today on the Athletics of Business podcast. I am really excited because this is going to be a unique podcast, okay? I mean, they're all unique, but this is going to be never in a million years that I think I'd be sitting here talking to the sports tax guy, and it would be so much fun. So, so welcome. Ed, my pleasure. Uh, very excited to be here. We've talked about doing this for a while. Very excited to be on your show. Thank you for, so much for having me. So, Robert, tell us a little bit about what you do at PKF O'Connor Davies as the Director of Sports and Entertainment Group, so we can bring the listener up to speed. And, and I'm really excited about getting into your journey and what got you to where you are today. Sure, my pleasure. Um, what we do is we basically act as a financial quarterback for athletes, entertainers, coaches, front office executives. 90% of my clients are in the sports entertainment world and we'd like to help them with things that, you know, that go on off the field so that when they're on the field, they know that everything is taken care of. You know, tax planning, tax compliance, bill paying, home purchasing, you know, things of, things of that nature, anything financial, financial related, we'd like to help. Them. So how did, how did this come about? How did you evolve into this point of your career where you knew this is what you wanted to do? Sure. Growing up, the first thing I did uh, after I had my breakfast in the morning was always read the sports section. And was always interested in, in hearing about how guys got paid, you know, as, as I became more and more into numbers, I was like saying, wow, that's interesting. Wait a second. He, he, he's working here. He's getting paid for this there, there. And sometimes guys have incentives in their contracts, like college football coaches with number of wins and everything. So I always found it extremely fascinating. I said, hmm, maybe I want to do that one day. And I, and I grew up and I, I uh, would always – say, yes, accounting is, is, is a necessary thing to do, but I wanted to do something related to sports. And the athletic talent simply was not there. So I grew up and, and, and <laughs> decided to do something else. And, and yeah. 
love coming to work every day. Yeah, you know, I I read something about you um, recently where you said you realized at a very young age, growing up in Brooklyn, New York, that here in the United States, we are enamored with two things: athletes and money. Talk about how that ties into all that. Sure, um, it's it, it's it's amazing to see you know what 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 players get paid per game. Uh, you know, Chris Paul at the end of his contract with the Houston Rockets is going to be making something something crazy like five hundred thousand dollars a game. You know, for regular season game, and you know, most most people in this world don't make that much money in, in in several years or in a lifetime, for that matter. So it's just fascinating to me to talk about that, to talk about how. Like I remember one day, you know, talking about to, to on Twitter, talking about um, an SEC team was lined up for a win, and they about to kick the game winning field goal. And I tweeted, "If this ball goes through the uprights, the coach gets whatever it was, a hundred thousand dollars." Right. You know, nobody knew that. It's all about timing. And right. you know, again, like I said, you alluded to, America is enamored with athletes and money, and they love to hear about it. Well, so with what you do, and to back up a little bit, with what you do at PKF O'Connor Davies, I mean, there's a lot to know. I mean, especially with these guys traveling different states to compete. You know, in in, in how how do you how do you stay up with that? How do you know, you know, what happens in California is different than what happens in Minnesota. That's different than what, what happens in uh, New York. I mean, how do you do that? How do you, how did, how did that all come to be? Sure. Uh, a lot of reading and as a CPA, you're required to get professional education every year. You have to have, if it's specialized, you have to have 24 hours a year in, in tax. So you take a lot of classes and just a lot of reading. And, you know, to me, reading up on sports was never read, really reading and doing work. It was, it was always fun. And it's always interesting to me that you, you know, we hear, well, how much money did California raise in, in 2015? They raised maybe a couple hundred million dollars in, in, in money off tax and professional athletes. Uh, and I would get that number every year and I'd post that on social media. And to me, the social media thing has really evolved in, into something that uh, somebody dared me to do to, at the beginning. And I, I started in 2011 and it's led to a lot of good opportunities. Um, whenever I do a, a, an appearance on ESPN Sports Center or, you know, write something for Fox or Sports Illustrated, that gives me the opportunity to put, put it out on a platform. And, you know, which once was a dare, come on, Robert, only twitch don't tweet. <laughs> It became something that I got a little bit uh, enamored with and, and, and do every day and have a lot of fun with it. Well, I mean, you've got over 58,000 Twitter followers. It's uh, it's unbelievable. And I was reading some of your tweets today, and I, I, I should have them pulled up. I mean, some of the, the things that you put on there are so fascinating. Can you share some stories with us about you talk about the Raiders going to Vegas or talk about uh, what you, you know, we've talked about with the Tom Brady and the Super Bowl earnings sure. and things like that. Share a couple stories with us because I, I really do find this fascinating. One was on Jimmy Garoppolo. A couple of years ago when the Patriots lost in the Super Bowl, um, Jimmy Garoppolo was on the roster for eight games and he got traded to the a non-conference team. He got traded to the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers. And because he was on the roster for eight games, he was still able to get a full share of the Super Bowl money. However, he, he was an Illinois resident and he didn't spend any time in Minnesota going to the Super Bowl. So he made more money than Tom Brady because he got a, as much of a share as Brady did, but Brady had to pay tax to Minnesota at like 10%. And Garoppolo wasn't paying that, so he got more money. So who buys who buys dinner the next time they go out? That's my question. <laughs> no, that, that that is that is. I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, it's just, right. it just that kind of stuff blows me away. Now, how about the what you're telling me about the Raiders in California and all that? Sure, sure. So this year, the Raiders draft picks. The Raiders are still in the worst tax state as far as taxes are concerned in, in America. California, the top rate is thirteen point three percent, and the, the Raiders are now moving to Nevada sometime in two thousand twenty. We don't know when. Mm -hmm. So we're advising the clients that we have that are signing with the Raiders, including a couple of draft picks, 
to take their signing bonus in 2020, uh, not in 2019. Reason being, it's still guaranteed money. You lose a little time value money, but you pay very little state tax. There's no state tax in Nevada, so they'll pay a little what we call refer to as the jock tax when they go on other road games, but it's a big savings between taking the money now and then. One of the other things we talked about that I found very interesting with players was Kirk Cousins was a free agent last year. And the two teams that were most rumored to be interested in him were the Jets and, and Minnesota Vikings. So the Jets, the top tax rate in New Jersey is 10.75, and it's close to 10% in Minnesota. Except Kirk Cousins lived in Michigan. So Michigan and Minnesota have what's known as a reciprocal tax agreement. Mm -hmm. Whereas right. if you're a Michigan resident like he was, you wouldn't pay Minnesota tax. You'd only pay Michigan tax. So that way, what, what happened was, instead of paying tax at 10% or 10, three quarters in New Jersey, I knew he was just going to play the Jets and try to get more money out of them and worked out well for the Jets. They got Sam Donald. But, you know, what I, what I, what I said is I don't believe he's going to the Jets. He's going to stay in Michigan and get the lower tax rate, and it would make a big difference in the amount of money he got. And that – so here's my question. So how does this look in your world with your relationship with the agents, your relationships with the, you know, the, the teams, the organizations? How what What's the fine line you walk? So you know he's playing the Jets, right? You know he's playing right. the Jets. He's going to go to Minnesota because he lives in Michigan. It all makes perfect sense. Do you reach out to the Jets and say, hey, by the way, does the agent tell you, hey, Robert, you know, keep your mouth shut. I mean, how does all that go? I mean, the Jets sure. had to know that, didn't they? They had to have some sort of intuition on that. Most of my most of my clients are on the individual side. We recently have done work with a couple teams and helping teams. And this is a busy time with that because we help a couple teams as far as free agency is concerned. And, um, you know, how to replay is how to best structure contract vis-a-vis -vis signing bonus or whatnot to try to make it more tax beneficial. Um so we didn't reach out to the Jets in that situation. I didn't reach out to anybody. A reporter asked me about it, and, and you know, we wrote a story for Sports Illustrated about it. But uh, if, if the team would have called me, I would have gladly spoke to them. Again, most of my clients are individuals, uh, you know, like we, we talked about, athletes, uh, trainers, coaches, team executives, whatnot, um, models. But um, we have done some work for the teams recently. In that situation, we didn't reach out to anybody you know, because nobody had contacted us. Right. No, I mean, it's just, it's fascinating to me because as I dig and I look at what you do, you know, Fox, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, how did you have this rise to, now I want to say fame, even though it is, but how did you have this rise to becoming a um, matter expert, if you will, and, right. and, and having these platforms to, to talk on, to speak on, to write on? How did you get to that point? Sure. So um, I, I think I've always been fascinated again with, you know, like most Americans, especially males, be fascinated with money and, and athletes and sports and how, how things are made and how, how, how clients make their money. Uh, you know, for example, the other day, we, we talked about the Jeopardy guy. I got a call from Darren Ravel of the Action Network, and, you know, everybody's talking about how much money he made. And, you know, I, I, I always say it's not what you make, it's what you net. And the, I always say the gross paycheck may not be the best net paycheck. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into a story about that in a minute. But what I find fascinating was I, I was doing this. I've been doing this for most of my adult career. I, I, again, I have been an accountant and a CPA first, but you know, I had always interest on in the sports side. And once we got to the medium of, of being on Twitter, you know, some of the big people in at ESPN, the Adam Shafters, the Darren Ravels of the world started to see what I had to say. And they liked what I had to say. And whenever there was a tax issue that came up, they always, they always quoted me or, or retweeted me or whatever. So that gave me the opportunity to be out there more and more. And then, you know, ESPN contacted me, and one of the other things that, you know, I got into was talking about free agency. 
And when that, that, that Dominican Sue was a free agent, he signed for $60 million gross, but he signed with the Dolphins at that time. The $60 million gross after taxes netted to $36 million in, in, my, in Florida, where there's no state income tax. The Raiders and the Lions, the Lions used to play for the Lions, were very interested in keeping him. The Lions wanted to keep him. If they wanted to keep him, they would have had to pay him $65 million and each further into their cap. Or if the Raiders wanted to bid on him and max that net $36 million number, they would have had to pay him $70.1 million. So, you know, and when you have a team with a cap, that's very difficult to try to try to get, you know, stay above the cap situation, get around the cap situation when, when you have big signing bonuses like that. So more and more people started to, you know, try to contact me and, and one thing led to another and do the outstanding, you know, marketing department here. As these opportunities come up, they've really helped me out a lot. Uh, perhaps the best opportunity that, that came up in terms of marketing was I received a direct message from the Tops company back a couple of years ago. And they decided for whatever reason, somebody with almost not much athletic talent at all, they wanted to do a baseball card. Right. As an Italian kid growing up in Brooklyn, <laughs> you know, having a baseball You're card. Heaven. You're like, did I actually die? Did something happen here I don't know about? This is great. <laughs> yeah. Which one of my friends is trying to pull a joke on yeah, me? Yeah. Uh, uh, so they contacted me and, and they included me in a set and they, I had to go down to tops and sign, you know, 500 signatures or whatever. And they compensated me for doing that. So it was a lot of fun. And, you know, uh, people still mail in requests for, for, to sign the card, which I flattered to do and glad to do. But, um, it, it, it never ceases to amaze me. The followers is nice, but the recognition that comes along with it and be able to help out people. And I, I think that a lot of these athletes are not financially sophisticated. So we always try to, you know, do financial literacy and try to help them out. And that was one way where I've been able to get a lot of people. Yeah. Do you, do you see that a lot where, where guys get out of college or they, they get into the NFL or, or the younger guys in the NBA or major league baseball? And they're obviously, this is something hard for them to wrap their, their minds around because they have so many other things going on in their world. Right. And all of a sudden you put this tax piece to the puzzle. And again, I was reading, reading some of your tweets and reading some of the things you've written. There's a lot that goes to it. How much educational things are out there for these athletes? I mean, do you, do you have anything for these athletes too? Is that a way that you go about getting clients? Sure. Um, through, through social media, a lot of people, I've had a lot of people, I've had a couple of college football players contact me, their, their parents and whatnot, as a way to reach out and say, Robert, you know, we really want you, us to do your – my son's taxes or whatnot and get, get involved. And I've had been contacted by teams, by agents or whatnot. Um, unfortunately, there's not a class in, 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 in college that they take that's really related to doing taxes for, you know, professional athletes. So um, we, we try to educate them as part of the process and try to make them understand, you know, with all the different states, if you ride travel to a different state, it's not as high profile, not as high price, high, high salary with the athletes you got high profile, you got high salary and easy to track with the advent of the internet several years back. So it's easy to know where they are. So you alluded to the fact that they have to pay taxes to go to all the different states. So we try to make them aware of that as well. However, on the pro side and with broadcasters, especially um, as they go to all the different states, they got to pay taxes there. Now let's take it, for example, if we had a broadcaster who lived in New York state and he traveled on the road with a hockey team and he, mm -hmm. and he, he, he would, get taxed by all these different states. He wouldn't get taxed by Canada, you know, when he, when the, his team played up in Canada because there's a treaty between the U.S. and Canada protects him from being taxed there, but he would have to pay tax to a lot of other states in the U.S., maybe 15 to 20 states. And as he's paying taxes to those states that would reduce the tax he's got to pay to New York. Okay. Let's say they played the Blackhawks where you are in Illinois, and he paid tax there at 5%. He would get a full credit back to New York State for the taxes he paid there. So that's how that works. You know, basically, Ed, if you play here, you're going to pay here. Yeah, and that's an unbelievable – I mean, how complicated does that get? 
it, it's complicated, but again, it's, you know, our team here, you know, we have a team that, that works with us and, and it, it's, they've been trained on this and it's been real good in terms of learning and whatnot. And, you know, there's always something that new you got to learn. It would, you know, with states changing things or changing rates or whatnot. And, you know, or the IRS changing the things that are deductible for athletes, you know, we always get the famous stories. Well, you know, can I deduct this? Can I deduct that? And now, you know, Trump's new tax bill eliminates a lot of deductions, but we heard, we, we used to get some very funny requests. So can I write off a hot tub or whatnot, you know, as an expense or, or I use a training machine or I built in a swimming pool. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. Which those are tax write-offs, aren't they? Uh, it depends, but t- team sport athletes now, employee business expenses, you know, are no longer tax deductible. That's right. So not, not just for athletes. So. Yeah. So now, okay, let's take a team like the Lakers, right? So they're in California, worst, worst possible state for taxes and things like that. And they're going after a LeBron James and they're trying to rebuild this debacle that they got going on out there. How challenging is it for someone like the Lakers to maneuver? and still be able to bring in the top athletes with at the top dollar. How hard is that for them to structure those contracts and to be able to do that? Sure. So the interesting thing about LeBron was when he went to Florida, you thought it was, it was for a couple of reasons. One, to win rings, check the box. He did that when he went to Miami. And two was to not be a resident of Ohio, would be to resident of Florida, was no state income tax. The big, big savings would have been on endorsements and on his investment income. However, what I found interesting is that in the summer – when he was still with the Heat and it was rumored as to where he was going to sign as a free agent, maybe go back to Cavaliers, he put a post on Instagram saying, doing my civic duty, going to serve jury duty in Ohio. Well, wait a second, LeBron. If you were a Florida resident, what are you doing serving jury duty in Ohio? Right. So maybe it wasn't a Florida resident all along, and that's when I knew there was no way he was going to go back to the Heat because he wasn't taking advantage of tax rights. Right. With the Lakers, I assume he, he, he's out in California, his kids go to school out there, and he's going to be California resident, he's just going to bite the bullet. But again it's very easy to track how much he makes per game or, or his annual NBA salary from the Lakers. Who knows what he makes in endorsement income. Now, what you, what you do see, and I'll take, for example, the baseball player, Clayton Kershaw. Mm-hmm. Clayton Kershaw plays for the Dodgers, and when he signed, not this contract, but the contract before that, the first year of his contract, his compensation was $22 million. Clayton lives in Texas. So his agent made a very smart move, and they got him a signing bonus in the first year for $19 million. Because he had proper planning and proper language in his contract, the signing bonus was not taxable in California. It was only taxable in Texas. And they had a good answer. You guessed it. No state tax in Texas. Right. Beautiful. So yeah, he was able to do some good planning and do that. So there, were, there is some planning you, you can do. Um, with the U.S. and Canada, if you have an ho- American hockey player playing in Canada, his wages in Toronto would be taxed at 53.53%. Yes, that's not a typo. 53.5%, which is very high. However, a signing bonus for a U.S. resident getting playing in Canada was only taxed at 15%. So there are some plannings you can do, and there are some opportunities once they come back and play in the States. So that leads me to a question with, you know, I just recently had Rob Roach on, our good friend Rob Roach on, on the podcast. Great, great conversation, just like this one. And, and so Justin Tucker gets $9 million in his first year, which $8 million was a signing bonus, correct? What's the benefit of getting that money up front and not into your salary? Right. It, it, time value money. He was able to put the money to work. You know, he was able to get, he signed the contract, and I think he had the bonus within a week. Uh, you know, so it's basically the time value money in football, the, the, the language about being refundable on a signing bonus and not being predicated upon subsequent performance is not there. So that even though he's a Texas resident, he would have to pay tax in, in, uh, Maryland. The advantage to him is if he's a Maryland non-resident, they have a local tax. He pays a lower local tax as a Maryland non-resident than he would if he was a resident. So let's take, let's take a city like where I live, Chicago. Let's take the, the Chicago Bulls, the Chicago Bears, the Cubs, you got the White Sox. 
I mean, there's so much revenue generated within the city from our pro sports teams, right? How much lobbying goes on with state government in terms of state tax laws from these pro franchises to try to shape the tax laws, if you will, or if that's even feasible, if it's possible? Am I thinking too much into this? Um, well, it's interesting. Illinois recently raised their tax rate to 4.95%, and they've been talking about raising it even higher. The interesting thing is a lot of the people that you know talk about um, – you know, being able to make a decision in Illinois, the people that, that, that these tax laws are going to affect, the non-residents, don't get to vote there. So if you think about it, that them not being able to vote is is a thing where it's it's interesting, but they're not able to hurt them and, and to, to change the, you know, to have an effect on who puts the laws in. But Illinois is rumored to low, low, increase that tax rate again. But Illinois at 4.95% has one of the lowest states, the states that have income taxes. And one of the things we do, I think a lot of athletes, especially our pictorial learners, so we did put out a map that has all the states in the U.S. We show which states have, you know, depending on the sport, which states have lower taxes or higher taxes and which states have no tax. That's really cool. Is that map for public consumption? Uh, yes, I, I, I'd be happy to. I'd love to put that in the show notes. I just think the listeners will find that fascinating. Right, right. We'll, 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 we'll get it out. We'll get it out there. That, yep. that, that's really cool. So, so really like MLB or, or the NFL or NBA, they're not going to send folks and try and lobby to certain areas, certain states, you know, and say, hey, and try to work with them on their tax bills to benefit their, their athletes. Is that what you're saying? No, the Players Association would be concerned about it. A couple of years ago, there was um, two players went to Supreme Court against the city of Cleveland, depending on the way that they tax players. Uh, most There's two methods to tax non-resident athletes. One would be the most prevalent method, duty days, which includes a practice day, a game day, you know, you know, a picture day or whatever. Those are all considered to be days played. And you, you look at a formula. You multiply the times of salary times the number of days in the state over the total number of days worked in a year. Hmm. And Cleveland was doing it based on a, a different method, based on games played, and there's only, you know, you know, a football player only plays 16 regular season games for now. A lot of talk about going 18 and four exhibition games. So there's a big difference in a fraction for a non-resident if you do duty days instead of games. And these two football players, I believe it was um, Hunter Hillemeyer and the, Jeff Saturday, were able to be victorious. And the Players Association helped them to be victorious against the city of Cleveland. So they went out against the city of Cleveland. So let's bounce over to the NBA and this free agency and, and dream teams and all this stuff. What's the best city to try and build a dream team? What's a, you know, now you got Anthony Davis staying in New Orleans because they got Zion Williamson, or at least that's what everybody thinks is going to happen, right? Right. So, what, what, tell me a little bit about that. So there's a number of teams that have no state tax. Um, and again, I, I, I'm not naive enough to think that the only reason why somebody goes there, you know, somebody may sign with a new team because of a championship, win a title like LeBron when he went to Florida or Kevin Grant when he went to California. Some teams may go for, uh, you know, they know they want to play with their buddies on, you know, from college or whatnot or other players they play with a point in their career. Or some people may go because the wife likes the climate there. So it's a number of different things that, that influence things. Taxes is, should be one of the considerations. Uh, one of the best places to, to, to do it would be in, in either Florida or Texas. But even though ta the Houston Rockets have gotten all those teams, they, they have trouble with one thing. They can't beat the, the, the Warriors in the playoffs. So now they're considering the owners thinking about uh, – the GM is thinking about blowing up the team and starting from scratch in terms of, of, of getting guys. So strictly from a state tax standpoint, you know, the state of Texas, the state of Florida works really well with, with there being no state taxes. Players would still have to pay taxes on the road, but no taxes in the, in the state where they, they'd probably become a Texas or Florida resident. 
It's interesting. I mean, you look at like the Rockets, they're thinking about blowing up the whole team, but hey, let's see what happens with the Warriors. What's going to, you know, they're, they're getting up there in years a little bit. They've been together. They ha- they've had a heck of a run. And who knows where KD goes, you know, KD, um, it, it is possible for KD to live in California, but to, to not be, to not be a resident. He could be a resident someplace else. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. How, how's New York? Did they bounce back from that lottery yet? The uh, NBA lottery? Everyone, everyone and brother thought they were going to yeah, get. Yeah, the, the Yankees, are, Yankees are playing. Yankees are playing well, so everybody's <laughs> talking about the Yankees, and the Mets aren't playing that well, so everybody's talking uh, about the possibility of changing, you know, manager or whatnot. But uh, still excited for free agency, and they'll, they'll be absolutely crestfallen if uh, if K- KD doesn't come here this summer. There's a lot of talk about him coming here. Is though. there still a chance that could happen? There's a lot of people that think that he is that New York would be the number one cho- choice, but until until he announces it on his Twitter feed or his, uh, his Instagram or, or signs that piece of paper, that, or, or Stephen A. Smith or one of those people, or Adrian Wojnarowski, break the story, you know, New York fans are still not certain it's going to come here. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's definitely going to be it's definitely going to be interesting. I mean, you live in in the mecca of all of this stuff. It's just there's so much action, so much activity, and and what has been some of your uh, with being on Fox and ESPN and writing for Sports Illustrated, what are some of the favorite stories that you've covered or even more important that you've been a part of? Sure. Uh, I, I think we've been uh, helpful to a lot of I, – I had a player was um, was playing for the Toronto Raptors and he became a free agent and he didn't understand the difference in taxes between Canada and Texas. And, you know, Toronto came up and up and up, but it was no – even though Texas had – it was, again, one of these – the best gross deal may not be the best net deal. Even though the as much money he had slightly less money from the from the uh, Rockets as an offer, he was able to get more money net because you know the of the Canadian tax. So it was a tremendous opportunity, and he decided to sign with the Rockets. So I, I like to be involved with these deals, and we generally are behind the scenes with, with you know talking to the to the agents, or or you know sometimes we talk directly to the teams on the players' behalf, but on on trying to make things work the best way for taxes. And we talk about signing orders. There was a lot of opportunities as to when agent fees were paid under the old law when they were still tax deductible. We'd like to talk about that as well. So uh, I, I love being involved with these things. The top thing was, was, a, was a, for me personally, was a great thrill to be asked to be, you know, part of the top family and to get a top baseball card. But I think I like to think that we can help a lot with these athletes. And again, making them understand that the NFL stands for the national football league, but the NFL also stands for not for long. And that one day the music's going to stop and they're not going to play anymore. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a tough thing. Uh, we want to make sure you, 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 you are prudent and you save a lot of money when you can. That's awesome. And don't forget, when I'm out in Jersey at the end of this month, I'm getting one of those top cards autographed, correct? You get the card. Huh? Hey, you said you have one for me. And if you have it, when I get there, if you have it ready in one of those nice little cases and we can you get the lamination for you, that, that would be perfect. And it authenticated and all that, that, that would be awesome. I mean, for a kid from Brooklyn, that had to be, you had to be out of this world when they, when they called you. First of all, uh, what was I, your I, initial I, response? But the initial response was, I thought it was 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 somebody was trying to play me. Yeah. I thought you yeah. know it was, it was somebody hacked my account and somebody <laughs> said to me, you know, tops, we want to include you in, in our set. We love you. And and it's funny because again, that gets all back to Twitter. You know, yeah. I'm not 21 anymore, and and uh, I didn't really know how to use the social media or whatnot. But uh, as a dare from one of our you know managing partners was, come on, Robert, only Twitch don't tweet and started out started out slow. It took a while, but yeah. I, I could have never imagined all these things that it's led to and clearly the baseball card was, was for my Twitter content. And a lot of people like to hear what I have to say. And yeah. never, I'm never tweeting about my clients, except if, if they have a charity type thing, I'm tweeting and never tweeting about inside, you know, information that I have, but, you know, always tweeting about, um, you know, how much things mean to like, you know, tonight the Rockets 
I'm sorry, the, the Warriors and, 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 and uh, Toronto play game three. And, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me that this, this is going to cost Kawhi and all these other guys more money tax in California. they got to pay California tax for the games being played there. And I'll, I'll go back and I'll find my tweet from 2015 when I used to call the Franchise Tax Board before they stopped publishing the money, the, the, the number, amount of money that the players pay tax on, and they'd give me that dollar amount, whatever, 200 and something million dollars that we raised in a year by taxing athletes. So to me, that's interesting. That And, and it has to be done while you're watching a game. So it, it, it just became, you know, everybody watches their game with their phone anyway. So I just became used to tweeting with my, you know, when the game was going on. I mean, how much time do you think you spend on Twitter a day? Um, depends on the season. During tax, during tax season, not as much. But I would, I would say at least an hour, an hour and a half. Okay. So will you watch the game literally with your phone sitting right there the whole night tonight? I think most people do anyway. Well, yeah. yes, most people do anyway, but yes, I do. And then I, I, I see opportunities. Like if a guy gets a technical foul, I'll say, okay, Draymond Green has lost, you know, whatever he's lost, $700,000 in his career to find the suspension. Now, the, the used to be the law was on a fine was that a fine was tax deductible as long as it wasn't against public law. In other words, if Draymond's going to practice and he gets pulled over for the cop by, by a cop for speeding, that wouldn't have been tax deductible. But if Draymond is late to practice and saves card decides to fine him, uh, that fine, you know, against legal team rules would have been tax deductible. No, now they are no longer tax deductible, but uh, so I thought that would be really relevant if he gets a technical foul. So doesn't the NBA though donate that money to charity? That doesn't make a difference as far as the tax deduction is concerned. Okay. Again, Trump changed the tax law, so employee business expenses such as cell phones, union dues, agent fees, you know, mm -hmm. all things of that ill, technical fouls, fines, are no longer deductible. But when it was, the fact that they donated to charity did not make a difference. Interesting. And I'm biting my tongue right now because I have like five Trump questions I want to ask you, but we're not going to go there. Because, <laughs> 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 I mean, a bunch of them just popped in my head thinking about that, and I started. Anyways, I, I digress. Um, no, that, that's, that, that is really fascinating. So, you know, the one thing – before I, I, I start to wrap things up, and I don't want to wrap things up because I'm having so much fun, where can people find um, find you on Twitter? We talk so much about Twitter. Find more about uh, PKF O'Connor Davies. Sure. Uh, the, the PKF O'Connor Davies is, is the website, pkfod.com. Uh, and, and if you click over onto the sports section, you, you know, the industries, you can, you can find the sports entertainment section. You can find a little bit about what we do on a daily basis and how we might be able to help. And then also you, you might be able to find me once or twice uh, on Twitter at sports taxman, uh, as it sounds at sports taxman on Twitter. I love it. I love it. At sports taxman. Now, so you're sitting in front of, let's just imagine you're sitting in front of soon to be graduates at Pace university. And they say, Robert, I want to be just like you. Okay. What stories would you share with them and what, what keys to success would you give them, not just to be another sports tax guy, but to really figure out what it is that, that you want to do and how to go about doing that? Because I, I can't imagine you just woke up one day and all of a sudden it was really easy and here you are. You had to, you had to really grind and deal with some adversity to get to the level that you're at right now. Sure. When I was a kid, my parents were very, my, both my mom and dad were very extremely supportive of to pursue your dreams. And, and uh, I thought about being a sports broadcaster. I used to watch games in the basement of my of my parents' home in Brooklyn and used to have a little, you know, little microphone in my hand and would, would announce the games, except I was the oldest in the family. And, and when it come down to me choosing a school, I was uh, only applied to two schools in those days, Pace and, and, and one other school in Manhattan. And I was accepted to both, but I decided to go to Pace. Um, and I always thought I, I worked harder than anybody else. I, I, I made sure I did all my homework out there and would learn as about as much as I can about my particular area. 
what I would tell an incoming student, and I actually had this conversation with a mom the other day about our son is a senior in high school, junior in high school, and he wanted to do something in the sports area. I said, well, first of all, you know, you're probably not going to be Mike Green or Marv Albert or somebody like that or Joe Buck and be a broadcaster. That's very hard to get. But, you know, if you want to do that, there's schools you can go to try to do that. But I, I think it's you got to work hard. you got to pursue your interests. And if it's something that you really love, it's not work, right? And, and you got to be really, really, really willing to work hard and do as much research as you can to learn more about that than anybody else in that industry. Well, if there's anyone that operates in their sweet spot, I mean, it's you. Every single day you wake up, you love what you do. There's so much There's so much to be said about that. You're very good. At, obviously, you're very successful, very good at what you do. I appreciate you carving time out to be with us today. It has been, this conversation has been awesome. And, and to hear this, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, I mean, I'm sorry to hear other podcasts like this. You can go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. You can go to our website, theathleticsofbusiness.com. And please, after we finish up here, Go ahead and rate and review us on iTunes. That way it helps our reach. We can impact more people. We have been downloaded in 17 countries, which is absolutely awesome. Uh, I love it. And Robert, I, I can't thank you enough for your time. Ed, uh, thanks so much for having me. Great to be on the Business Sports Podcast. And look forward, let's have, a, let's have some dinner together when you come to New Jersey. Absolutely. You know we will. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to The Athletics of Business. Be sure to give us a rating and review so we know how we're doing. For more information about the show, visit theathleticsofbusiness.com. Now, get out there, think, act, and execute at the highest level to unleash your greatness.